Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is currently up and running on most of the major podcast platforms, such as Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. So if you enjoy it and you're interested for more content, just search up the name Zendependently Minded for more. The world is in our hands. Let's do something with it. So my next guest today is an avid UFC fan, one of my good friends from high school. Here's Robert. I'm doing good. I'm a little disappointed in the outcome of UFC 242 just because I wanted Dustin to win, not a yeah. <laughs> I I I'm disappointed too. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Khabib, but he's he's fucking legit, man. Yeah, definitely. He's a I don't know that that fight went exactly how I thought it was going to go and it sucked because I wanted something different, but that's okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But were you able to so I actually missed the first fight, the one with uh I think it was Carlos Ferreira and Tysimov. I didn't actually watch it. Did you watch that? No, I I didn't watch that. I watched um I watched the co main and the main, essentially. Gotcha. Yeah, the the earlier fights were were good, like Curtis Blades just ground and pounded. Um, who was it? I forget the, who he fought, but I he grounded catch pounded. that fight actually. Yeah, that one was that was interesting. Um, I know he's like considered a heavyweight contender, but I don't think he's gonna pose a real threat in the heavyweight division because Francis Ngannou would knock him out. Uh, Stipe will knock him out. Daniel Cormier's wrestling is probably better than his, and he'd knock him out too. So I don't think he'd be a real threat. Yeah, I think um, I think the heavyweight division is just hurting for for people right now. Realistically, um, Curtis Blades he's good, but he fought a uh, didn't he fight Derek Lewis like twice now? I yeah, I believe he lost both of them. Yeah, the yeah, like you said, the heavyweight division is hurting for people because. They really only have, like, Stipe and Francis, but, like, I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge fan of heavyweight, like, straight-up heavyweight boxing and MMA. I'm not really a fan of because it's mostly just dudes pounding each other in the face. And, like, I like striking, but I like striking, like, in the lightweight division and welterweight. It's more exciting to me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, I think um, heavyweight in boxing and in MMA, it's it's, like... It's mainly just two dudes beating the shit out of each other, two huge dudes beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> and that's that's kind of more catered towards, like, I don't want to say, like, capital fans, because that's more or less what I am, too. But people who aren't looking to watch, like, technique or anything like that, they just want to see two big guys fight, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just like I just like seeing finesse and technique and defense. And, like, I like to see a little bit of wrestling, not the smothering wrestling that Khabib does, but, yeah, i just not a huge fan of heavyweight fighting. But, yeah, I don't think Curtis Blades is going to make a splash in the heavyweight division. And then that Islam Makhchev fight was interesting because a lot of people are saying if Connor and Khabib rematch, Connor needs to, like, completely reinvent his style and work on, like, some jujitsu because that would be... Jiu-Jitsu is like a hard counter to Sambo, but 
Davi Hamos is like a he's a jujitsu champ and his wrestling was like in the third round when they were wrestling, it didn't look like he had anything on Islam. Yeah, I mean so like you said, jujitsu is supposed to be a, a hard counter to Sambo. Um Dustin Poyer's a uh I don't I don't know if I'm saying his name right or not, but he's a black belt in jujitsu, like Yeah. And well, he's not really known for his uh ground game per se, but you know, it's definitely something that that that's easily I think what would neutralize uh Khabib's uh smothering style. Like um I think I think somebody like Nate Diaz would do real well against Khabib in that he's he's real confident on uh on his feet. And like he's no slouch on the ground either, you know? Yeah, I agree. And he's like he's really lanky, so he could use his his reach advantage and just his length against Khabib. Because all of Khabib's opponents have been his size or maybe even smaller, with the exception yeah. of Edson Barbosa. Yeah, yeah. Um Spe- Yeah, I think the jiu-jitsu style that can counter Khabib the best is Tony Ferguson straight up, and that's why I really want to see Tony Ferguson finally fight Khabib. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, I think like that's exactly what uh, Tony is trying to like against for specifically for Khabib is his jujitsu. Um, I think. I think Khabib showed a real big weakness in his game in that uh, guillotine choke. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he did. And I think if it was Tony Ferguson, he would have locked it. He would have put the leg over and he would have locked it. Even Khabib said that was close and it wasn't, it was a tight choke, but it wasn't by any means, like, inescapable and he got out of it oh yeah i i had to watch a video of a guy breaking that whole uh process down um but essentially like it uh dustin poyet definitely um practiced that guillotine because the guy who was breaking it down um said he he initiated the descent which by throwing his leg over and pulling him into a half guard he um easily uh secured the guillotine choke but Khabib's so good like he was easily able to you know push the knee out of the way and get out of it like so almost effortlessly but yeah. it it was it was tight so yeah i knew he was going to i was excited uh, cuz like you know you could see him try to sprawl and get out of those takedowns but I knew he was going for that guillotine when he immediately jumped and put his legs behind him. I was like, oh, snap. And it looked it looked good for a second. And then um, when I saw Khabib, like, wiggling, at first I thought it was panicking, but that was him, like, wiggling out, and yeah. it worked. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely impressive because um, we've never really seen Khabib on the, on the defense before, you know? We've yeah. never – we don't know how his takedown defense is – like in in that aspect um same as we didn't really know how his uh submission defense was but clearly he's he's legit yeah 
He, um, I don't know, it was frustrating watching Khabib and Poirier. You know what, before I get into that, I'm just going to go over Felder and Barbosa real quick because okay. I have, like, I feel like we're going to talk about the Khabib Poirier fight for a while, but oh, yeah. Felder and Barbosa, like, I was straight up, in my predictions, mini podcast, I was trashing Edson Barbosa. I'm like, that dude hasn't done anything for, like, the past three years, and I thought he was going to get knocked out in the first round, but he still shows that he's, like, really fast. He throws some seriously fast kicks and punches, and that fight was exciting to watch. It's just that 30-27 uh, judge at the end for Felder was, like, kind of shady, but... Yeah, um, I watched, or I read a uh, article saying that uh, Edson Barbosa's uh, manager is going to, like, I guess, like, recant the, not recant, but challenge the decision. Um, really? Dang. Yeah, because one of the judges scored at 30-27 for Barboza. One of the judges scored at 30-27 for uh, Paul Felder. Yeah. So there's there seems to be a real uh, issue there. And yeah. I feel like it would have been, I would have been fine with 30, with 29-28, like that. That makes more sense. But the 30-27 felt for Felder, I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. I feel like he won the fight, but that 30-27 kind of threw it off. Yeah, and that's exactly what uh, his manager said, is like, if it was 29-28 for Paul Felder, I wouldn't have batted an eye. But the 30-27, it's, it's shady. And I think MMA's had this issue, well, UFC, I guess, has had this issue for a while now. Because I believe I've heard that they use the same judges that uh, boxing uses. Oh, no. Which is, yeah, which is weird. Like, maybe it's in Abu Dhabi, maybe it's different. But I'm not entirely sure about that. But if that's true, that's kind of ridiculous. You know, like, they're two completely different sports. Maybe yeah. not completely different, but there's very different aspects to them. Yeah, and the scoring is so much different because in boxing, it's basically just defense and strikes landed and, like, power strikes. But in the UFC, it's, like, octagon control, ground control, takedowns, takedown defense, significant strikes. And even strikes. then, even yeah. then, um, so different. The boxing judges don't seem to know what they're doing either, you know? Like, yeah, as definitely. far as boxing goes. Oh, yeah. Judges... It, there's like a big disparity between judges and fans in boxing. And like me being a big boxing fan, like I can't believe I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I did not know that they use some boxing judges. Cause like I'm a big Pacquiao fan okay. and like that Pacquiao Jeff Horn robbery was like insane to me. And it really pissed me off. That was like one of the biggest robberies I've seen recently. And then I don't know. I don't know if you watch boxing, but like the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder oh, fight. I, I was, I was about to bring that up. I'm not big into boxing, but that fight was. I I really liked that fight. Me too. And I don't. I'm not as like outraged as most people. I don't see it. I don't think it was a robbery. I'm okay with the draw because like I scored it myself rewatching it a couple times. But the one judge that had Deontay Wilder winning like eight rounds, I was like, nah, <laughs> he didn't win eight rounds. Something insane like that. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not super big into boxing, 
Um, I did think uh, Tyson Fury won that fight. I became a huge Tyson Fury fan after that fight. Me too. Uh, as well. But... Yeah, that guy's a savage. I read this article that was pretty funny. I guess Anthony Joshua said that Tyson Fury randomly calls him in the middle of the night just to tell him he's going to knock him out. <laughs> I'm like, that dude's crazy. But That's awesome. Yeah, judges, I know Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. Like, even he as an analyst and a commentator, like, he agrees there's something to be done with, one, the judges, and then two, the like, just the scoring system, period. Because, like, one of the things that I definitely think needs to be worked on or changed is significant strikes because I'm like, what does that mean, first of all? And second of all, there's more, there's strikes that are more significant than other strikes. Like, when you rock somebody, that's more significant than when you just land, like, a grazing elbow or something. So I feel like there's work to be done there, but the UFC's on the rise right now in terms of quality and, like, excitement, so I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, um, I was going to make a point there. I forgot about it. Um, I think a big thing for the um, judges, there needs to be more, um, uh, what would it be? It would be 10-8 rounds. Um, so, like, the loser of the round loses more than just one point, and I think that would really, that would help with these decisions i think um i think it would make them a little bit more a little bit stronger i guess in the um barboza felder fight it wouldn't necessarily because that i think it was the first round what easily went to uh barboza the second Mm -hmm. round was kind of iffy and the third round easily went to uh paul felder but i think in many cases the 10 8 rounds would um would really help with those types of decisions i think it would too but i have to think about that more um do you think it would be 10 7 then if they get a knockdown um i mean i don't know specifically how they should do it i don't have any ideas i guess as far as that goes um, I think that if there's a more dominant uh, performance in one specific round, then the judges should be more inclined to, uh, rather than give them, you know, nine points, give them eight points for the round. Gotcha. That makes clearly sense. lost, you know? Yeah, that makes sense, actually. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'd have to think about that more. That's a... That's a discussion for later, though, that we could talk about that for hours, but sure. yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good point. I don't know. Um, I just, I don't know. Decision, decision fought fights, like fights that go to decision are exciting sometimes, but I like to see the finish. I like to see it mix up. Like, like this card was good because it had a good even balance, but I feel like if if you don't trust the judges, don't don't let it get to that point. Then <laughs> finish the fight like Tony Ferguson does, like ninety five percent of his fights. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There there are plenty of fighters who are you know adamant about don't let it get to the judges because you can't you can't trust them. Unfortunately, you should be able to. I feel yeah. like, but speaking of fighters, I don't like to get to go to decision. 
our boy Conor McGregor. Man, I <laughs> I really want I really I've been dying for him to come back. Um I I'm excited in a way because I feel like and you know I don't know if you watched his Ariel Hawani interview where he was apologizing for punching that old dude. But like like Ariel said and he and Ariel of all people would know he's like one of the biggest UFC reporters and analysts and commentators so he was saying that he seemed he felt like Connor was humbled and I really do hope so and like his post about Nate or like his tweet about Nate Diaz's comeback motivating his own comeback I'm like I want to see a of course I want Connor to talk trash and he's going to forever but I want to see oh, yeah. him come back humbled Yeah um I I agree I would I think the first uh, Nate fight he was humbled by, but yeah. then when he he avenged that loss, I think that he kind of regained. I wouldn't say regained his confidence. I don't think he lost it, um, but I think he he brought back a lot of the bravado that he had before. Um. After taking that back, and then he went on to win the lightweight belt, so that you know that added more to it. And then losing to Khabib, that definitely it should have humbled him. I think I think it's really cheesy to say, but you know you you learn more from your losses than you do from your victories. Um, yeah, yeah, you got to move with with grace like max holloway i think max holloway is like one of the best losers in the ufc and he doesn't lose a lot he's i want to say he's lost so he lost to connor and he lost to poirier twice i think those are the only three fights he's lost and like he he's always improved he's always gotten better from there and he's only like 27 i think yeah. he's gonna be a monster for a while I'm yeah always like max holloway but yeah i agree with you um i just think i i loved man the on the come up, Connor was the shit. Like, oh, he yeah. he lost to Nate Diaz and was like, okay, he, they were about to fight at lightweight, and he's like, no, I want to go back to welterweight where I lost, and I want to prove that I can beat him there. And then he beats him, and like, it's crazy. I see a lot of talk online nowadays of people saying like, oh no, he had, Nate Diaz got robbed in that fight. I'm like, dude, he got knocked down three times. He didn't get robbed of shit. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he got dominated. Connor just got tired in the the third and fourth rounds, but then came back. He had like a second wind in the fifth round. Like that was a good ass fight. Yeah. And I think it's definitely super impressive for Connor to go, you know, up in weight like that. And then oh, yeah. against, you know, Nate Diaz, who's a triathlete who, you know, he always keeps, he he's always the one pushing the pace mm-hmm. against people he fights. And, you know, for, for Connor, who, who's going up, you know, that would be like two weight classes. He's going up, uh, what, 25 pounds to go to welterweight. It's, it's no small feat for sure. Oh yeah, you're right. Cause he was coming from featherweight. He had just beat Jose Aldo. So yeah, Yeah. he was going up 25 pounds. He hadn't uh, fought at lightweight yet. Yeah, that's. And like his his adjustments were like really amazing because Nate Diaz he's actually like he's a jujitsu master 
but he's turned more into a brawler and he's always advancing. He's got a super strong chin. Mexicans always got those strong <laughs> chins, like Roberto Duran in boxing, Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, Canelo, and then we got Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz. But like Connor's adjustment, like he saw he was advancing a lot in the first fight, so he decided to kick his legs a lot. He kicked him like his legs like 12 times in the first round. He was like, you're not coming forward on me, and if you do, I'm going to make you pay. That was such a good fight. I would love to see a third one between them. But oh, man. That would be insane. That would be record-breaking. Every, like, the top, like, four most watched UFC fights are all Conor McGregor's fights for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. I think if Conor comes back and gets, you know, his his uh, his comeback fight against, you know, whoever... And then does the trilogy with Nate Diaz after Nate Diaz fights uh, Jorge Masvidal. However that goes. Um, I think that would generate like just enough hype. You know? Yeah, I um <clears throat> I just I want Connor to come back humbled. I want I want him to be hungry like he was before. And I think I think a combination of noticing and realizing that the UFC finally moved on from him and don't they don't need him as much as they did before and the fact that the fans were just shitting on him and finally turning their backs on him because he's done a few things and I'll never turn my back on Connor because I'm like a huge Connor, Connor stan and I will defend <laughs> him till I die because that dude is he's a his just his story I know you know his story because you're as big a fan of him as me <laughs> but like just his rise from like poverty and then that interview where he's like oh you're gonna see me in the ufc i'm gonna be champion then became the first time simultaneous double champ now it's been done twice but like he's the first to do it henry cejudo or i think it was amanda nunez and then henry cejudo but like nobody did it well, like him dc as well was he simultaneous i i'm pretty sure oh, okay gotcha but yeah it's still like None of those fighters come even close to his, like, fame. And, like, Henry Cejudo's boring. Dude, flyweight fights are boring as shit. There's a reason why nobody watches those fights. Demetrius Johnson, super talented, but nobody watched those fights. Like, Yeah, which is, <laughs> it's it's funny because I think flyweight fights are where, like, that's essentially where the peak of the skill is, I think. Where, like, oh, yeah where everybody is just insanely fast and super technical, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, like, I think <clears throat> Demetrius Johnson was in a position, the same position that John Jones was. Like, nobody could touch him. Nobody could beat him. But the only difference is everyone tunes in to watch John Jones because he has a lot of haters and they want to watch him lose. But Demetrius Johnson, like, everyone respects him, so nobody really gave a shit. They're like, oh, another another win for Demetrius Johnson. But Henry Cejudo, he's talented. He's really talented. Like, the dude is a good fighter. It's just, I prefer watching him fight at bantamweight, not flyweight. Yeah, it would be, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Henry Cejudo um, carries forward, you know? Yeah, definitely. Against whoever he ends up fighting. Yeah, Dana White, I think, recently said that he needs to defend his flyweight belt or vacate it. So we'll just see who he fights. But yeah, he's 
he's really dynamic, really good striking, and he's like one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. Yeah, definitely. But as far as Connor goes, like I think the dream the dream for me is to watch him come back and fight one or two fights before he tries to go back at Khabib because like his loss against Khabib and the fact that Khabib isn't entertaining a rematch right now, I feel like it hurts his ego and he needs to use that as like positive fuel to come back. What I, I was thinking about it, I want to see him come back and fight I want a rematch between him and Dustin. I think that would be that would be a big money fight. Both of them just came off losses against Khabib. And if Tony Ferguson and Khabib end up fighting, I feel like the winner of those that fight should fight again the winner of Connor and Dustin. But I feel like everybody's out to get Connor like Justin Gaethje dude is trashing him on Twitter like like, who the fuck are you, dude? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that guy. Uh, fuck Justin Gaethje. He's he's a good-ass fighter, though. Like, uh, he's got a lot of pressure, but I don't think he touches anybody in the top five, except when he fights Donald Cerrone, I think he's going to beat him. Donald Cerrone is, like, he's the people's champ, but he's by no means, like, going to be able to tussle with anybody in the top five. Like, top five is insane. It's could be Dustin... Justin, I think, is in there, and then Connor. And yeah, that's it's the uh, it's the division of death, I guess you could call it. Yeah, anybody in there could could beat the other person. I just think it's crazy. I have actually up to this point thought that Khabib had never lost a round in the UFC, but he's actually lost one, and it was to Connor. So I'm like, damn, he's slipping up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what's that's what's interesting about his uh his style. He takes rounds off. Um in the Connor fight, I think he took like I think it was the third round, he he kind of just took it off. Yeah, that's it, when he lost. Um and it's it was more or less where he was kind of just surviving more so than he was trying to uh you know, dominate him. Yeah, he was tired. It's tiring, and, like, for one, he's usually, I think I was reading, he's usually up around, like, 180 or 190 before he starts cutting, which is crazy because that's a lot of weight. But a lot of fighters do it nowadays. But still, like, and it's tiring, his style. He just, he smothers you up against the fence, and, like, I know it's completely different, but I don't know if you've played UFC 3, the game, but every time you freaking smash someone against the fence, your stamina bar goes down the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tiring and he takes he takes rounds off a lot. Uh he really struggled in the Ally Quinta fight. I still think that's his toughest fight to this day. Which is funny because Ally Quinta is like he's okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know I think it was kinda of funny how Ally Quinta got that uh title fight. Just because yeah, it was so lucky. short notice. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm not I'm not a big Ally Quinta fan. Me neither. He's he's just okay. But <clears throat> yeah, it was funny. I saw a lot of people like they're saying someone explained to Khabib that when you're champion you gotta defend your belt against the next best guy. I'm like, uh he doesn't understand that's how it works because he got the belt by fighting a number eleven ranked <laughs> real estate agent, as Connor put it. <laughs> 
But I don't know if this Tony Ferguson and Khabib fight is going to go down because Tony went on the Ariel Hawani show yesterday and he said, yeah, I want to fight him in December um, on the 245 card, which one is it's he knows he knows that Khabib's not going to fight in three months. And also it's in the T-Mobile arena. Khabib said he's never fighting in Las Vegas again. So I'm like, I feel like he's trying to duck him. Maybe he can negotiate it through, but I'm like, I really want to see this fight. Like, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Tony is Khabib's kryptonite. Um, I think, like I said earlier, that that guillotine is really his his uh, his weakness. He um, also does those those rolls into knee bars, so I think I don't know if Khabib could defend against a knee bar. That's like. You know how he does that weird-ass somersault, and then he gets your knee, puts you in that submission? Um, yes, and I think that's part of his Sambo style, you know, because Sambo's, um, it specializes in leg locks and chokes. Yeah. So I think I think he probably has some real good uh, leg lock defense, mm-hmm. if I were to guess, at least. Obviously, we've never seen it. Yeah, Tony Ferguson's crazy dude though he he like he doesn't stop i was watching a video about someone was saying like they would have like five hour practices um and like sessions at the gym and then when everything was closed and like the lights are off uh tony was like hitting the bag and he just like doesn't stop like his motor just keeps going and we've seen it in his fights he just that's why i agree with you with this him being khabib's kryptonite because like and it was frustrating for me to watch Dustin and Connor like they're well Connor did it a little better, but like nobody really stalks him and pushes forward. They always let him they always back up and then get themselves pinned against the cage, but Tony's not gonna do that. He's gonna be going pushing forward the whole time. Um yeah, that that is one thing I noticed with the Dustin and Khabib fight. Uh, there was one round, uh, it was probably the second where it started and, you know, Dustin was kind of pushing him, pushing Khabib back. And the second he let up, Khabib took him down. Yeah. It's, it was, it was sad because Dustin came out really confident. And then the second he was taken down, like the look on his face, I was like, damn, that's not <laughs> encouraging. But what I did like, it was a good change of pace was I like the respect between the fighters. And like my dream is for Dustin and Khabib to rematch. This is like Khabib's last fight goes the distance. And then like they help each other up the way Nate and Connor did. And then they just like are civil, but I don't think that'll ever happen. Yeah. I don't know if I ever, if I see a uh, rematch happening. Yeah. Uh, I know Khabib is. Khabib was supposed to retire real soon. Yeah. I was um, about to bring that up. Yeah. His his dad said they want to retire at 30 and 0. So I think that means um his next fight against Tony Ferguson and his last fight either uh rematch with Connor or I w- I would love to see George St. Pierre fight Khabib cuz he's actually one of my favorite fighters and He's like a master craftsman with wrestling and striking. It's just, I'm not sure if he really could make 155. 
Yeah, I mean, he said that he he's saying relevant in saying that he would. Um, mm-hmm. I almost. What do you think um, a Ben Askren and Khabib fight would go? How do you think that would go? Um, I think Khabib would win because he has the edge in striking. Like Ben Askren striking is like god awful. <laughs> like, yeah, in Bellator he had some. He had some elbows, but like it's Bellator, it's a different ball game in the UFC. But his wrestling is really good. Um, I just, I think Khabib would still win though. It'd be interesting though, because it's like two pure wrestlers, pretty much. Yeah, I think th- I think it would be really interesting. I don't think either of them have that great of a uh, striking. Yeah, it's just that Khabib has one of the best striking coaches, Javier Mendez, helping him. And he has good enough striking to set up and have people to set up his takedowns and have people respected enough to be scared of the takedowns or be be afraid of to focus on the striking. That's what he does to all the fighters. He he hits you with a couple shots, makes you think about it and second guess it, and then you're not prepared for the takedown. Or it's the other way around. You're scared for the takedown, so you're not pressing forward and you're not striking him. That's what happened in the Dustin fight. Yeah, yeah. I definitely saw that as well. It sucks, but uh, it is what it is. Khabib's really dominant. I just know, yeah, he's got two fights less left in him. If that's if they're gonna stick to their word, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. I definitely, I just, I really want to see that Tony Ferguson Khabib fight finally because they've tried it like what four times? Yeah, three or four times, and it it's just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and I I hope that's all for a reason. I hope they're setting it up. I hope I hope like Destiny wanted it to go that way because that would be that would be a really exciting fight. I think that that's gonna break records if it happens. Oh yeah, that'd be absolutely. cool. Like if yeah, it'd be cool if Connor went to that fight was ringside. <laughs> I just want I want Connor to come back. I want him to to have a couple tune-up fights but like against real competition obviously i don't want him fighting like oh i could see him fight paul felder because that dude like he was he's really excited about like possibly being in the top 15 but he's nowhere near um the caliber of the rest of the top 15 the lightweight division yeah i mean I'm a big uh, Paul Felder fan after after this Edson Barboza fight. I I hadn't really um, seen much of him before. He, didn't he knock out James Vick uh, prior to this fight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I, I watched that fight for sure. Um, but yeah, I became a real real big Paul Felder fan. It'd be I'd be cool to see him um, come up and go against uh, Connor. I just want to, I would love to see Connor fight anybody. It'd be, I know he's, uh, considered fighting, rematching Josie Aldo. That would be a good one too. It's just, it'd be at featherweight, so. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if I want to see Connor go back down to featherweight. I, I think, I think the competition has become too fierce in, you know, Brian Ortega and oh, yeah. Max Holloway. I think Max Holloway's a whole nother beast than when, uh, uh, Connor originally fought him. Oh know? yeah, for sure. And I think he knows that too. I think he wants his eyes are set on the lightweight division because 
and I don't blame him. The lightweight division, it's exciting. It's it's where the money, it's where the views are at. Everybody's tuning at right in. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be and all props and credit to Donald Cerrone for being able to be in the top five, like against all these young dudes, and he's like forty years old. Yeah, no, he. I'm I'm a huge Donald Cerrone fan too. I think he's he's legit, and he's been legit for a while. Yeah, he's just very active, and when you're really active, it takes a toll. So that's why he has more losses. But like, yeah, when he beat. Who did he beat? He had fought. He fought someone, and then he was like twenty-seven days in between that fight and then the one with Tony Ferguson. Yeah, like that's that's nuts. Um, I don't remember who it was. It was it was a newer guy. I'm pretty sure who he fought. I think it was Ally Quinta actually. I'll have to look it up, but. Yeah, he took, like, no time off. He was like, psh, I'll fight in two weeks, whatever. Yeah, yeah, people like that are insane, but they're fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. That's why he's a fan favorite. That's why everyone likes him. But, let me see, um... Phone's being weird, but... So what do you think about Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal? Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, I am really excited. I think Jorge Masvidal in his last two fights has been really exciting to watch. Um, I think, I know you don't like him, but I think he's legit now. I think um, he, he used to fight at uh, welterweight, right? And then he went That's up. where he's at. That's where he's at right now. Oh, wait, did he go down? Is that where I'm... Confused. It's possible. He looks like he could. I have to look into that. But I think you're right. He was in middle. He was in middleweight, and then he went down. Yeah, I think. Um, I for sure saw Darren Till winning that fight, and he, to be fair, he was kind of dominating him. But he knocked him out so, like, so bad. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That then, changed Darren Till's career. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I still am a Darren Till fan, but a little bit less so now. Yeah, that um, he he was young though when he fought. I mean, it was only like a year and a half or two years ago. But he's a totally. I I hope he's changed because he's really exciting and young and on the come up. And then he lost to Tyron Woodley and then lost to Masvidal yeah. and then. I think he's fighting Kelvin Gastelum next, so that will be interesting. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think they gave him the... Uh, I think they gave him the title fight a little too soon in his career. Yeah. Um, I think they should have done what they did with uh, Israel Adesanya and waited a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I read somewhere that that's kind of what... Dana White was doing with Israel Adesanya was he was he was a little hesitant to give him the title shot so soon after joining the UFC because he's only been in the UFC like what almost two years now yeah and he's made a big splash too oh yeah yeah he's he's got a title fight now 
yeah, I'm excited for that one. That's that's going to be the next big one that I really like put time aside to watch. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I see him beating Robert Whitaker though. I don't know either. I we we had talked about it a little bit before. That's I don't right. think I can I don't think I do either. Um It's going to be either way, whoever wins, I like both of them a lot. I just yeah. I really like Israel Adesanya. I really like, like, not, it's not so much an underdog story, but just the fact that he was, if it wasn't for Kamaru Usman, he would have been the first Nigerian UFC champion. And like the fact that he's like, he stands up to bullies or whatever. Like, everyone loves a story like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's a great fighter. I wouldn't be surprised if he won. Um, I also, but I think Robert Whitaker is just too dominant. Yeah, Robert Whitaker is just, it's going to be, it's definitely going to go like down as one of the best striker versus striker fights because they're both really good kickboxers and like Israel Adesanya is super, super crafty and he knows how to use his length to his advantage. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it looks like it was Donald Cerrone and Al. Ally Aquinta, that was the that was the quick turnaround one. Okay. But anyways, yeah, he's he knows how to use his length and Robert Whitaker is I think he's with he like kickboxes in Holland or something where like all the best kickboxers are at. So it'll be exciting. I just don't think Israel can take a shot from Robert Whitaker because that dude throws bombs and the only time Israel Adesanya's ever lost ever like in his career like by knockout was when he was kickboxing and some dude just caught him on the chin the right way yeah um i want to say australia and new zealand actually have a really good uh kickboxing but i'm not yeah they do on that yeah Um, you're right and then i think robert whitaker's actually got some really solid uh wrestling that we haven't ever seen before um yeah he hasn't really had to use it because he's finishing dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, those two fights against Yoel Romero were really interesting, really exciting to watch. It's crazy how Yoel Romero, like, he loses these really close fights and everyone is super outraged. But, like, this dude's 40 and he's still in there, able to make a splash with the younger guys. But I swear, that dude, it, he still has to be on the juice. Like, I know he got, he had, like, that lawsuit because he had, like, a tainted supplement, but he has to be on something still because he's 40, but the guy's a monster. He looks yeah, like... I don't, he, yeah, he looks like he's on the juice. Him and uh, Paulo Costa both. Oh, both, my like, gosh. They're yeah. juicing. <laughs> but, honestly, I, I say let them do it. They look fantastic. They're doing great. I don't care. I'll look the yeah. other way. Yeah, me too. Whatever. <laughs> um, Paulo Costa, he hates Israel Adesanya, and that's another dude. Like, if Israel wins and he has to defend the belt against him, I'm gonna be praying the whole fight because, mm-hmm. like, Israel is so skinny. He's so he's so skinny for a middleweight. Yeah, I think, um, like you said earlier, he he's, uses his uh his length. I think he, him and John Jones both have the longest reach in the UFC. Oh which yeah, I believe it. Is nuts. 
I don't. I think Israel Adesanya can can easily beat Paulo Costa. I might you eat my so? words when I say that, but I think I think he's got that one in the bag. I don't see anybody beating uh, Israel Adesanya other than Robert Whitaker right now. I agree. Um, oh man, middleweight division is a little exciting too. We're gonna have to see how that goes, but that's a uh, gonna mean it's gonna be next month. But going back to the Masvidal Nate Diaz fight, yeah, the reason I'm excited is because so I'm I don't like Nate Diaz or Jorge Masvidal, but I really really don't like Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> I've never liked him. I never really respected him as much as a fighter, and I don't like how much of a fan following he's gotten. Like, you see so many edits and people talking. They're like, oh, game bred. They're like born a fighter he's been fighting since like he was fighting in the backyard days or whatever i'm like the dude's two and two in his last four he doesn't deserve a title shot i guess i i heard that they offered him one because colby covington again is like being a bitch and like he's been complaining he's like the ufc wasn't offering me a fair deal but i'm like this dude has gotten so many opportunities and he's not taking it and everyone can tell like dana white doesn't like him his own team doesn't like him. He just lost one of his best friends. Him and Masvidal were close. And he was like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. I'm like, he's he's a good-ass fighter. And the only reason American Top Team hasn't, like, kicked him out is because he's, like, probably the best dude there right now. Yeah, I'm not – I don't like Colby Covington, but he is – he's really fucking good. Um, yeah. I – I am, I'm a real big fan of Nate Diaz. He's probably like my top three favorite. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think, I think Nate Diaz takes that fight. Unless, oh, yeah, me too. Unless Jorge Masvidal somehow conjures up the strength of Thor and fucking knocks him out, you know? <laughs> I was not a Nate Diaz fight before, or a fan before, but really in this comeback, I was definitely rooting for him against Anthony Pettis, more so because I thought it was going to set up the trilogy with Connor, but yeah, I'm not an Nate Diaz fan, but I definitely like him and respect him a lot more. Just taking three years off, coming back and being as dominant as he is, he was in that fight against Anthony Pettis, who is not a pushover. No, so not by any means. I think I think Nate Diaz is going to win. I think he's he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna submit Jorge Masvidal because Jorge has some decent ground game. Everyone in American Top Team has decent ground game, but I don't know. I just, I've never, I like, wasn't rooting for Jorge when he fought Darren Till. I wasn't rooting for him against Ben Askren. I, don't, I just don't really like how he's like, oh yeah, give me the title shot. I'm like, no, you're not deserving. <laughs> it's like four other dudes in front of you, but. Yeah, I don't think he deserves a title shot either. I think that'd be way too soon if, um, if he was able to beat some more, uh, be some more top contenders, then for sure. Yeah, I think he needs to win one more. I think if he beats Nate Diaz, he's most definitely in that conversation. But yeah, the welterweight division is stacked too. You have the champ Usman, and you have Tyron Woodley, still a feared fighter. I think I I still feel like that Ben Askren could. I don't think he's going to ever be champion, 
because in that division, if you look at the whole top five, everyone is a solid striker and wrestler. His striking, like, if he had a rating in Madden, it'd be 59. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think everybody in that top, top five even, uh, has good enough wrestling to neutralize Van Askren's wrestling. Um, just, you know, like Colby Covington, uh, Oh yeah, his wrestling is king. And Kamaru Usman. What I was really surprised from Kamaru Usman is how dominant he was against Tyron Woodley. Like he oh, did yeah. what Tyron Woodley does to everybody else and just mm-hmm. completely dominated him. Yeah, it was exciting. I really like Usman. I didn't know too much about him before that fight, but Yeah, I agree. Everybody has Everyone in that division has good enough wrestling to neutralize Ben Askren's wrestling, and then their striking is going to ultimately edge it out for him. But yeah, Colby Covington's fight against Robbie Lawler, like that, he's basically Max Holloway, but a really good wrestler, an elite wrestler with that because of his pressure. Like he was breaking records, like he threw the most strikes I think ever thrown in a UFC fight. And like, he went for an insane amount of takedowns. He dominated Robbie Lawler. And I was waiting for Robbie Lawler to power up a shot and try to knock him out. But he was just like rolling with the punches and just waiting. And he just never really took off. Yeah, which is which is weird from, you know, Robbie Lawler. He, uh, I've never, you've never really seen anybody do that to him. Yeah, he's, he's always known as like, he's going to be known for that. I think, who was it? It was... Rory McDonald, that like second fight where they oh, were just man. pouring blood. Oh man, that was, was a classic. That was an epic fight. That yeah. and the Carlos Condit fight. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Where is Carlos Condit nowadays? I think he fought recently. Or he's going I, to. I don't know. I know Rory McDonald's at Bellator. And he's doing really well over there. Um but I'm not sure what Carlos Conde is doing. I'll have to look into that, but... Oh, man. The UFC is exciting. It's an, an exciting spot besides light heavyweight and heavyweight. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, John Jones is going to dominate for a little while. I yeah. don't think uh, heavyweight... I think Stipe... I, I'm really surprised Stipe ever lost that uh, fight, to be honest. Yeah, he he like he said, Daniel Cormier hit the lottery. Yeah, hit the I, jackpot. I think he's exactly right. He wins that fight nine out of ten times, and <laughs> he he lost the one. Yeah, it was funny because like Daniel Cormier's coach kept saying like, "Put your hands up! What the fuck are you doing?" And he didn't listen. And he paid for it, um, and. So I definitely respect Daniel Cormier mo- more so for his Olympic wrestling accomplishments rather than the UFC. Like I see Dana a lot talking about like, oh, he's like one of the greatest ever. He's the best heavyweight ever. He can do whatever he wants or anything he asks will give it to him. And like, I feel like he's kissing his ass because of what he went through with John Jones. Like he is not the goat to me. He never was. Uh, he was a really good heavyweight fighter, but look at who he was fighting. Like, okay, so he he beat Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is like, Derek Lewis is good. But besides that, like, who else in the heavyweight division did he really beat that was like 
impressive. I don't remember if it was that heavyweight or light heavyweight, but like he beat Gustafson. Gustafson's a good athlete, but like he's not that good of a fighter. Um, yeah, that was a that was that light heavyweight for sure. I think Gustafson is good. Um, I think he was just in the the division at the wrong time with John Jones and DC. Yeah, that sucks for him, but I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he. I forget who is he. He's fighting. Uh, he's fighting Luke Rockhold for his comeback fight. I think he wins that because Luke Rockhold's chin is as weak as it comes now. Yeah, it's deteriorating. Who did he just fight? He he fought. I, I don't want to say like a nobody, but it it was somebody that I don't think I've ever heard of. Yeah, Jan Black Blachowicz or whatever. Oh, uh, Jan Blackowitz, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a good look for Luke Rockhold right now. No, that dude was exciting before, but Michael Bisping changed his whole life. <laughs> yeah. But, man, I really... I would love to see GSP and Khabib fight, just because GSP is one of my favorites, but at the same time, I don't want to watch going on him. That weight cuts, like, there's a lot of things that come with weight cuts that, like, more... Casual fans don't realize, like, you don't just lose weight. Like, you lose your energy, you lose strength. It's really hard to keep that strength that you have when you cut weight. And I just, I'm not sure if I want to, if I could stomach seeing one of my favorite fighters get possibly dominated. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 has potential to be a pretty epic fight. Um and like you said, with the weight cuts, though, I think I think the UFC should try and uh, get away from the uh, like the weight cuts, how people are doing them now. Oh um, yeah, for sure. I remember listening to one of Joe Rogan's podcasts where he was talking about there's one, there's at least one uh, fighting uh, organization that. They measure how much, how, uh, hydrated a fighter is before a fight. And if you're not, um, at least X amount hydrated, you can't fight. So they're, they're essentially doing away with the, uh, the water weight cutting, which I think is, is what the UFC should do. They should do that, and they should, like Joe Rogan has brought up, like everybody's bringing up nowadays, add more weight classes. Like, Yeah, yep. I really would love to see that, and yeah, because I, I was looking into the science of it, um, because like in light of that boxer, like there was a couple boxers who died recently after they got knocked out. I heard about that, yeah. And I guess when you really severely dehydrate yourself, because there's, there's a lot of water like in your skull, surrounding your brain protecting it and when you're when you severely dehydrate yourself it basically just knocks out one of the best defenses for your brain and you know how after they make after they make weight the they put on as many pounds as they can it takes like i don't know it was like 48 to 72 hours or something for your your brain to get that water back even if you're just pounding the water yeah, so that's what that too and it just it's really dangerous for the fighter to leave their brain that exposed in a in a sport that's already dangerous. Yeah, and the UFC used to allow uh people to take IVs. I don't know obviously I'm not a doctor. I don't know how 
quickly that might hydrate your brain. But even if they I'm allowed sure, IVs yeah. again, you know. Yeah, that could help. Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out, but definitely safety should be one of the biggest priorities because if you're not protecting your fighters, you're not going to have them around and they're not making you bucks anymore. But Dana White Dana White knows how to run the company. He's proven that. He saved the UFC. I love how he's like a dictator and he's just like, everything I say goes or else. And it's worked out. Like There are some times I don't agree with him, but it's a lot better than the shape of boxing like boxing is exciting too but you got all the all the different fucking commissions and how you got the two best like fighters in a division they never meet or they meet eight years after their primers and bullshit so i'm glad to have dana white as president of the ufc because he's he saved the ufc and now it's as exciting as ever yeah yeah i completely agree it was funny the other day i was at work and I just started this new job, so I don't really know anybody. And I just like, hey, you guys like UFC? And he was like, oh, I liked the UFC back when it was dudes who actually fought. And there was no <laughs> trash talking. And I'm like, bro, you're one of those people who like, okay, my dad is like that. So, of course, Hoist Gracie is a legend. One of the best jujitsu dudes ever. He was one of the first to do it. But I'm like, that dude's not doing shit in today's UFC. Because nowadays, everybody has like multiple martial arts like skills refined not just one and i'm like the shit talking i get that to an extent because a lot of it's just shit talking no backing it up but that's what builds hype that's what sells it it's exciting it's fun to see people talk shit yeah definitely and i like to see respectful fights too like like i like seeing fighters that are respectful with each other also but i everyone likes trash talk whether they want to admit it or not like it's it's fun sometimes and it's it promotes the fight makes the money and yeah so i'm like dude you're living in the past yeah yeah definitely (laughs) yeah like respect to all the ufc pioneers but i think we're in the toughest era mostly because it's straight up has to be because of today's technology and like the training the technology that goes with training camps and probably the supplements that they take. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I think um, part of it for sure is, you know, there's these kids who are growing up watching, you know, Hoist Gracie, who started so early. And, you know, like Yol Romero, uh, the Cubans, they start wrestling and all their disciplines real early. Mm-hmm. Um, and they continue with with like throughout their life. So they're, they're masters of, you know, for Yul Romero's uh, example, he's master wrestling and he's been doing it for 15 years by the time he's 20, you know? Yeah. Add in boxing, you know, striking um, uh, for a little while. He's 40 now and he has so much experience in you know wrestling and uh boxing he's he's insane now you know yeah that's a good point these yeah that's definitely true these kids grow up and they just they live and breathe fighting and it's that's a big part of why they're so elite now yeah and i think we're only 
they're only going to get better too. Oh yeah. But um that it can also go the other way in a bad way too, like George St. Pierre was talking about when he went on Joe Rogan's podcast like last year, two years ago maybe. He was talking about he was like, one day there's gonna be people that are just so like modified and robotic, there's just like not gonna be any <laughs> real humans fighting. Yeah, just a bunch of cyborgs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why one of the reasons I love George St. Pierre was because he was one of the last like natural athletes. And the fact that he came out and was like, I don't believe in strength and conditioning. I'm like, dude is a savage. Like he was saying like strength running 10 miles every day doesn't make you a good fighter. It's what's in your mind. And I agree. And he said, the only reason I work out is, um, so my body looks good and I get brand deals and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. George St. Pierre was a savage. I watched a video of him today talking about, um, he's, he's right out of surgery. So he's still a little loopy. He's talking about how much he hated uh, Nick Diaz. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that was a that was a storm right there. Oh. <laughs> um. But yeah, he was telling Joe that Nick Diaz is the best fighter he's ever fought, just because of how like well-rounded he is. And yeah, Nick Diaz is underrated. He's he he's overshadowed and by Nate, obviously. But yeah, he's a good fighter. He's a really tough, dude. Yeah, I Those, think uh, both Nick and Nate Diaz they they started jujitsu real early. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm I'm a huge Nate Diaz fan. Like the only reason he ever uh, got started on. Uh, jiu-jitsu was because whenever he would go, the older guys uh, in the class would buy him uh, burritos. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those two brothers, I respect them, like, as fighters. Uh, even though I'm not the biggest fans of them, like, I definitely respect them. Um, so I don't know if you saw, but Ben Askren and Damian Meyer are gonna fight. What do you think? How do you think that goes? I'm really excited for that. I think I think Ben Askren wins. Um I did think Ben Askren won the uh or would have won the uh Jorge Masvidal fight. So Me I too. might be putting a lot of stock in Ben Askren. But I just really want to see him succeed in the UFC realistically. Me too. Because it took him so long to get into the UFC. He had a lot of hype behind him. And like people are still talking about like who was it? Jorge and Colby Covington were like, oh yeah, Ben Askren's 0-2 in the UFC because of that Robbie Lawler fight. I'm like, you guys are salty. Like, his arm went limp from her, from Herb Deed's perspective. Like, how are you going to not stop that? Like, you're not trying to do, let him kill the dude. His arm went limp. So what, what do you, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, that was a interesting choke even that he had on him. I think, um, Herb Dean was explaining it on Joe Rogan's podcast. He yeah. was saying that the choke isn't necessarily, he's not worried about him going, getting uh, knocked out or anything. He's more so worried about his spine. Because the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what he was that, talking about. Yeah, the way that choke works is uh, if he, like, loses. If he puts more weight on his back 
essentially, it could break his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the pressure is applied. So I think I think it was a good stoppage. I don't. Me too. Yeah, I don't think uh, anybody has any warrant in saying uh, it was bad. I guess. Yeah, because had he not stopped it, the choke was tight. He was going to end it either way. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Ben Askren wins that fight. It's going to be grappler versus grappler, though, so it might be a little boring, but... I don't know. I, I like wrestling. I like watching wrestling. I don't like wrestling myself. I've always been... Like, my background is in taekwondo and boxing, and I have a little bit of jujitsu, but, like, I've never... I'm kind of claustrophobic, so I'm not good at wrestling. Because, like, <laughs> second my arms are trapped, I'm like, I got to get out of here. But I still definitely enjoy watching wrestling. Like, I love I love seeing, I don't know, it's it's fun. Islam Makhchev is actually more exciting to watch to me than Khabib because of his striking. His striking is really superior to most of the people he's fighting. Well, all the people he's fighting. And then his wrestling is insane. It's like that guy's, he's got a bright future in the lightweight division for sure. Yeah, I actually haven't heard or seen a whole lot of uh, Islam Makhachev before before this. Yeah, he's he's straight up known because of Khabib, but he can hold his own for sure, and he's got a bright future. And like, oh man, I had another point I was gonna make, I forgot. But yeah, it was it was interesting before that fight. His opponent was like, "Hey." I hope this dude tries to wrestle with me because that guy was, he had won some, some like jujitsu championship in Abu Dhabi a couple of years before. And then he didn't really, he tried to take him down only once or twice and then he stuffed it. But then in the third round, he knocked him down with the knee and then he wrestled with him and he was dominating him. So I'm like, you got what you wanted, <laughs> but it was because with jujitsu, the, I guess the ring is jujitsu championships. The ring is different. There's no like, I don't think there's a cage that close, or it's I like think a circle. It's just a huge mat. Yeah, so like you don't have the cage to to use for the the guy on top's advantage, so he wasn't used to that probably. But that was a that was a good fight. I'm surprised that there was no fight of the night because what I think the fight of the night should have been was Paul Felder and Edson Barbosa, but because of that like decision making or the decisions by the judge, the judges Dana White was like no. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah, it is real unfortunate about the uh, decisions that they made. I'm okay with the outcome, just not the way it was scored, but it is what it is. Yeah. Excuses shouldn't be made, and I don't think... I feel bad for Edson Barbosa because he hasn't come out and said anything himself. It's his manager talking for him. But, yeah, one thing I thought was uh, interesting was um, Dominic Cruz, one of the commentators, was making this point. They uh, after their first fight, Edson Barboza and Paul Felder, they became uh, sparring partners. Oh yeah, so they were they were apparently pretty pretty tight um, before this fight. Yeah, Paul Felder was mentioning that too in his post fight interview. He was like, "Yeah, we've shared a lot of time sparring and stuff." 
<clears throat> so you respect him a lot. But I don't know the we got some exciting fights coming up. I just um I hope they fix I think currently UFC two forty five is a women's main event and I think it's I think it's Amanda Nunes. So I mean I'm down to watch Amanda Amanda Nunes fight any day because she's she is exciting to watch and she's so dominant. Yeah, I was honestly I was really surprised she uh dominated Chris Cyborg like the way she did. Me too. Me too. I was exciting I was excited though because I don't like Chris Cyborg. She's a cheater. <laughs> She's a cheater and she she basically kicked Ronda Rousey while she was down. Even though I don't I'm not a big Ronda Rousey fan, I was still like, that's messed up. Like she attacked her like dad or something and her dad's dead or, or I don't remember what it was. It was some drama, but Oh jeez. I was like, Yeah, fuck that chick. If she <laughs> is a girl, I don't even know, but <laughs> Yeah, like I was talking about it the other day with someone. Ronda Rousey, in my opinion, was never as good as like the UFC made her. They tried to, they basically gave her the Conor McGregor treatment, except she wasn't as good. Cause like she was the first women's UFC champion, I think, but that's because she was like, there was, cause the women's fighting just started. So she fought one fight to become champion and then they just threw whoever the heck had two legs and two arms against her. Yeah, she... looking back her her competition was not the uh was not the strongest competition. Yeah, and then she fought Holly Holm and she did not take that loss like a champion. Like she she had like freaking breakdowns. She was like suicidal. I'm like, man, you gotta carry yourself with grace. That's not how you lose as a champion and then the UFC was like really covering her and protecting her when she came back against Amanda Nunes and then she put the nail in the coffin. She was like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, good for her now that she's in the WWE and she has kind of an acting career. That's, that's cool. It's always good to get away from brain damage. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I, I want, I hope that. Oh, you know what? I I don't know about you, but I got super hyped when Dustin and Khabib were fighting and he was able to like rock Khabib a little bit. I was like, oh snap. I don't oh, know if yeah. you watched I don't know if you saw the Joe Rogan fight companion, but like he had like four other dudes there watching it and all it was for like twenty seconds straight was just oh, oh, oh <laughs> You couldn't hear anything but that. It was exciting. But we all saw how it ended, so yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I want Tony Ferguson and Khabib to fight. I think it should be early next year. I think it should be... I don't know where it would be. It would be epic if it was in Russia. Tony goes in and beats him on his... In front of his... All his, like... um People... What do you call him? All of his fans. All the people that look up to him as an idol. All of savage. his countrymen. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, the dudes he... with the hats. I think Tony would probably get murdered after that, though. Oh, yeah. He'd try to get on the bus, and his bus explodes or something. That'd be crazy. He would have to go straight from the arena to the airport. Yeah. Um, that's why I was kind of worried, because Dana White, before UFC 242, was talking about how 
if Connor wants to go, he can go to the fight. I'm like, no, he's going to get shanked like 12 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like he has, he's a savage and he just shits on Khabib, all his fans, all his people, and his religion. Like, do you remember when recently uh, Connor, like, it was insane. Like, Connor went and found Khabib's wedding photos and he's like, your wife is a towel. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah that, that was crazy and then he even like apologized after that he was like all right i have friends in all religions and creeds like we need to respect it because <laughs> that was a little <laughs> yeah that was a little rough but yeah on one hand it's just it's just business it's just promoting just like connor even said during their fight and like he's like dude it's just business. It's just mate. business. But they also at the same time have real beef. And then on the other hand, I feel bad for Khabib because he's like, I don't understand. I jumped over the cage and I was pissed because this dude mocked my religion and my dad or whatever, but I'm like, that's the UFC for you, dude. Yeah, so that's I think that exchange is why I don't like Khabib. I don't like his mentality um when he said he said something along the lines of, uh, I, I jumped over the cage, um, because he was talking shit about my religion. Like, why didn't they expect this? And I, I don't know. I don't like that mentality. I think that's almost that that's kind of what like terrorists think, you know? Yeah, pretty think, much. I don't think that's a good mentality to have, especially when you're in the spotlight, spotlight the way he is. Yeah, and he proved his point. Like, he defended his religion by neck-cranking him, so I feel like that was enough. And yeah. also, yeah, I agree with you. Um, He just... It's 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 part of the sport. He needs to realize it. And, like, like Connor was telling him, maybe... He, he obviously felt like he was just trying to... He was scared. But he was telling him, like, yeah, it's business. And also, yeah, I... I didn't even know much about Khabib. Like the reason he's famous is because of Connor, and also he's because he was he's been dominant forever. But it was the Connor fight that propelled him. And I'm like, the way he went about it, I was like, you remember it? I was posting all about it on Facebook. I'm like, carry yourself like a real champion, like Connor. Don't do stupid ass shit, jumping into the crowd, possibly hurting people just to fight Dylan Dennis. Like Dylan Dennis riles up people for fun. Like that's all he has. Because yeah. he, I don't, I haven't seen him fight in forever. Like, he, he's just a, what do you call him? He, he just, he's a hooligan. He just causes problems. But yeah, like, he was throwing his mouthpiece. And then the fact, what pissed me off and like really pushed me over the top where for like months I was just like, fuck Khabib and all his people was when they jumped in the cage and jumped Connor. I was like, you guys are fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think, um, I think Connor was ready to be, you know, humble in defeat. Um, just like he was with the first Nate fight. Um, and Khabib never even gave him that chance. Yeah, he even, like, even in the, like, he didn't press charges against Khabib's people and he totally could have. And then he, like, at first he was saying, like, yeah, I lost fair and square. But now he's like, <laughs> the Ariel Hawani interview is like, He's like, my foot was a balloon, and fuck Khabib, all he did was hug me. And, <laughs> yeah, it's true, but at the same time, like, 
you just got to stop it on it's easier said than done but yeah it's true like nobody likes those kind of fights like whenever like right when Khabib took him down and was on top of him the crowd was booing <laughs> yeah I mean that's kind of lame that they were booing um, yeah, that's his style yeah I think they were more so booing because no one wants to see Connor on his back yeah. but you know Connor has fought wrestlers and he's beat them before. Nate Diaz is a good wrestler. Chad Mendes is a good wrestler. So Josie Aldo is a good wrestler too. He's better wrestler than a striker, but he got in his head. That was like one of the most impressive things. Yeah, Jose Aldo was real upset going into that fight. That's why he charged forward so quick like he did. And got knocked out so quick like he did. Yeah, and, and like, Connor's, like, his research is insane. Like, he he was, like, insulting him in his language. And then <laughs> in the Khabib fight, like, dude, I was I remember watching a breakdown of, like, all the research Connor did going to that. He was, like, talking shit about that freaking embezzler from Russia that's in jail. And then, like, um, Khabib's manager, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name talking about he's like a terrorist because he was an informant and i'm like damn this dude really did research connor's trash talk like i want that shit back because i love looking back and like when he's like who the fuck is that guy and like all that shit's like classic yeah yeah i love i'll go back and watch um all of connor's trash talk every once in a while it's yeah me too actually epic yeah, and just, yeah, um, the main reason why, like I was saying, main reason I don't like Khabib is, well, the whole reason this beef started was because, like Connor said, like, he's a big man in numbers, like, he moves with a big posse, and when they cornered Artem, that's what, like, started all this bullshit, and then Connor was like, fuck this, got on the plane, went to New York, threw the dolly, went to jail, all that shit is Khabib's fault, like, and he used to be a fan, like, they like Connor even was bringing up how he was a fanboy. He took pictures with Connor. He had made tweets defending Connor and talking about how like how good of a fighter he was. So I'm like, yeah, this dude is not loyal like at all. And <laughs> just the way he went about after UFC 229, I was just like, yeah, I don't like this guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Khabib. I do. Uh, respect his his fighting though. I think he's a me too. Insanely good fighter. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I'm I hope he I hope he loses, which is a messed up thing to say. But everyone well, has everyone likes to see the downfall of the Kings. Like <laughs> people root against LeBron because they were tired of him dominating forever. I'm sure people were rooting against Michael Jordan. We weren't alive for Michael Jordan's prime, but yeah, people root against Tom Brady all the time. Like that's just how it is. And like, yeah, I, I, it's going to be like, you bet your ass the second they announced that Tony Ferguson could be fight. I'm taking that day off <laughs> and the next day, because here in Germany, the fights are on it at like, four or five in the morning with the exception of this one because it was in Abu Dhabi so it was actually on at 8 p.m. here so it was like perfect yeah I think this uh 
this last fight, the Khabib fight, was on at like eight or nine a.m. for me, oh, dang. which was such a random time. So I I completely missed it when it was live. That sucks. Yeah, and then for the um for when John Jones fought Thiago Santos, and then they had um that was a stacked card. They had Diego Sanchez, Michael Chiesa. Ben Askren and Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, I had to wake up at 3 in the morning for that one, but it was worth it. Have you noticed, though, John Jones not on PEDs and steroids is a, like a totally different fighter? I'm a big John Jones fan, too, uh, even though he's made some, like, some oofs in the past. Like, I think even without the PEDs and steroids, he's still the most dominant fighter in UFC history, him and Khabib. But... If you noticed, he's not the same, like, so he finished Gustafson, and then he wins in a decision. It was a dominant decision, but it was still, like, not eventful against Anthony Smith. And then this decision against Tiago Santos, like, he's not as fast, he's not as strong, doesn't react as good. And I think Um, it's because he's not on the stuff. He's not juicing anymore? (laughs) No. I don't know if I've noticed, but I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I think, I don't know. I'm a huge John Jones fan, so I think I would deny that he was ever on PEDs. Me too. I actually do that a lot. I just, for the sake of trying not to be biased, (laughs) because the first time... The reason he didn't get suspended was because the UFC did an investigation and they found out, yeah, it was a tainted, like, thing for, it was like a foot cream and it wasn't his fault. And, like, a lot of people are like, if you believe that, you're a dumbass. But I'm like, no, it's what they concluded. The second time, though, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like everybody's on something. Just like Nate Diaz said, just like George St. Pierre said, everybody's <laughs> on shit. It's just some people are better at hiding it than others. And I totally wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's an epic line from uh, Nate Diaz. Everybody's on steroids. <laughs> yeah. And then Connor's like, not me. He's like, don't come at me with that bullshit. Yeah. But that's why I loved George St. Pierre. Cause he was like, I remember, I forget who he fought, but there was someone that everyone was kind of suspecting was on steroids. And then George was like, I'm not going to rematch him until we have like insane testing. And I and he's like, I'll be the first one to freaking, you can test on me because I'm clean. And then they tested him and then he was on it. And then it, they, that's when they really started. USADA really took over and USADA like, I don't know. They, they have good intent, but they go about a lot of their shit the wrong way. Like, like Joe Rogan talks about all the time. How about just show up at someone's door at 2 AM? They're like, piss in this cup. Yeah, yeah, that's not okay. Um, somebody got in trouble for that recently, because they like they had a misunderstanding or whatever. Um, I don't remember who it was. Um, hmm. Damn, I, I don't I don't remember. I'll have to look into it. But was it was the Usada guy who got in trouble, or the? No, it fighter. it was the it was the fighter. He got suspended for a couple months. Um Oh damn. 
I almost want to say it was Yoel Romero, but I don't think so. Okay, now I'm I'm starting to... I think I remember. Who was it? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Now it's coming back to me. Man, who was it? I don't know. I'll be right back. I'm going to check real quick. Okay. All right, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. I think it might have mm-hmm. been uh, Paulo Costa. Oh, okay, really? I believe so. That would make sense. Hmm, okay, so recently it was... Wait a second. C.B. Dalloway, I don't know who that is, but he was suspended for two years. Yeah, it was, it was Paulo Costa. Yeah, he got suspended by USADA. There's a lot of dudes that got suspended because of USADA. They got, they're annoying. Yeah, yeah. They're annoying. They have good intent, and I feel like it's it's good. Keep the sport as clean as possible. You don't want to like baseball, but <clears throat> just yeah. always room for improvement. I think it's good that UFC has USADA, and then there are, uh fighting organizations like Bellator and one FC where they don't uh, test their fighters. Cause that's, that's still pretty exciting to watch too, to juiced out guys. Fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I don't remember who it was who brought it up. I think it was Andre Ward in Joe Rogan's podcast recently, but he was like, <clears throat> he was talking about like, man, I wonder what it's like to watch two, two juiced out dudes fight and he's like just go watch one fc (laughs) but i think i'm gonna end the podcast i'm gonna stop recording right now or thanks for being on the show yeah absolutely should should definitely do it again in the future because we covered brought up some good points and Maybe after UFC 243, we can have another episode talk about those fights. Yeah, I'll be down. Awesome. All right, dude, I'll talk to you later. All right, see you later, man. Thank you to everybody who tuned in on this episode of Zendependently Minded. If you like what you heard and you're interested in hearing more in the future, don't forget to stay tuned because it only gets better from here. Don't forget to also share this episode and future episodes with family and friends so we can spread the knowledge. Last but not least, the world is in our hands. Let's do something with it.